podcast. What's up, guys? It is episode 38 of the Weird Podcast. Um, I gotta say, I messed up big time in my studio last week. Um, for those of you who haven't listened to the podcast before, if it's maybe your first time you're listening to it, um, my, my world-class bespoke podcasting studio that I talk about so regularly is in fact a functioning actual garage and last week to record a podcast I unplugged the big old fridge in my garage and by fridge I of course mean freezer the slip of the tongue mistake it happens even to the best of us so I unplugged the big freezer to plug in nothing in fact just to, to have no din in the background no bzzz throughout the podcast well at least not from a fridge anyway perhaps if I fart out my vibrator it may make that noise but up until that point it's merely only the freezer so yeah I unplugged the freezer last week did my podcast and yo for real forgot to plug the freezer back in again so basically all the contents of my freezer bits of salmon steak you know physique guys staples then obviously you have things like burgers which hey sometimes physique guys waver and a lot of other frozen goods ended up just defrosting and ended up just being a big lump of mushy meat in my garage. So that probably cost me somewhere to the tune of a couple hundred quid. Um, that's just gone to waste from me uh, doing this podcast. So what I'm saying is, guys, I hope you appreciate the personal loss that comes with me doing the podcast. Yes, some people say it's stupidity on my part. But others will argue that, hey, when you're putting such mental stress on yourself to deliver a hilarious, insightful comedy slash real life slash lifestyle slash sports and exercise science based podcast, sometimes your brain's fried. And in this case, that's what happened. So I've got a big old uh, sticker post it on the the freezer sign I said turn me on um when you're finished and to be fair if there's a guy you're looking to turn you on definitely not me so I need the sticker to remind me but yeah apart from that what a busy week it's been for me I've been uh doing all sorts I was at a 40th birthday party today I was at a wedding yesterday I'm a show midweek um I'll tell you all about that first and foremost um the 40 the 40th birthday was it today was my fiance's brother's birthday. Um, just a lot of you guys are probably going, man, I know you look old. I know you look like a young Pavarotti. And by young Pavarotti, I'm talking 50s. Um, but even at that, you know, we all, we all know you're, you're very early 30s. What are you doing going to 40-year-old birthday party? Yo, it's my, my fiance's brother. Chill out. He's an older dude. Um, I was there today, and it was good crack. He uh, runs, uh, him and his wife run a... Like a party, a party business, and uh, you know, hey, if if there's anything this guy knows, it's how to party. And yeah, they had all kinds of stuff at that party. The bouncy castles, they had uh, barbecues, the DJ set up. They had like trampolines. They had face painting, which uh, I didn't avail of any of those, bar the barbecue. And uh, they had like slushy machines. But here's one to stop the bus. They had a Buckfast flavored slush puppy. Thankfully not actual buckfast in order to make me steaming because hey, I was dying to death after going to a wedding yesterday, but it felt weird drinking a buckfast slushy, something that tastes exactly like buckfast, but doesn't give me that that bu- that a buzz, that power, that just 
feeling that only that the syrup of the monks can give you. You know, that's the only thing that can get you that buzzed. But it was weird drinking it on a uh, on a civil, socialized, refreshing level. So that was today. And why I wanted to mention that was because it was a, a party after a wedding. And we ended up going to this wedding yesterday. Left the house at 11 a.m. Got home about half past one a.m. Sunday. That's basically over 12 hours. It's like 14 hours of drinking. We did there. And surprisingly, I felt pretty good. I am expected to be of a major hangover today. Dying to death. But to uh, to upset the apple cart, it was grand. Um, albeit when I tried to eat at the barbecue, I was sick all over myself and shit myself. But hey, that's just the by the byproduct, the collateral damage of being a party guy. So the wedding we were at yesterday was at Europa, which... Um, First time I've actually ever been to a, a soiree in the Europa that I remember. I've been to the Europa a few times blocked whenever everyone else got shut. And, you know, whenever you're a, a big time Charlie like myself, you just want to go in. You want to keep that party going. You end up in the Europa with like a couple of mid-60 year old guys um, that just keep plowing you a free drink. Yeah, I haven't been there in a few years since my early 20s with these older guys. Um, they give me free drink. Um, they say free drink. They gave me drinks that I didn't have to pay for uh, with money. I dished out a few rim jobs, but hey, the taste of that strong, strong alcohol was enough to put that out of your mind. So I hadn't actually been there before, but it was a it was a good, good event. Um, we were very high up in the Europa, like the very top of it, which for a man that's very scared of heights, like I know a lot of the listeners will be like, man, we didn't have you down for somebody that was a a wuss or scared of anything yeah well guess what heights is what i'm afraid of i'm terrified of heights and also sharks and uh, spiders and, and murderers and drugs um so apart from that I'm not scared of, of a lot but yeah it was great on the 12th floor of the the europa my mate Marcos got married and it was a great day started drinking about 12 o'clock got ourselves over to the crown bars where the afternoon was spent a lot of drink happened in there Ended up getting saddled with the world's most expensive round. I think I ordered like seven or eight pints, a couple of vodkas, some gins, obviously, and uh, got craft beer and a few other things. A couple of trays of crisps for the ladies, or crisps, I mean chips. But hey, no expense spared is what I'm saying. And I got the round in, the guy was like, yes, yeah, 78 quid. And uh, I was sick in my mouth at that point. But hey, the order was made and had to go through with it. So we feeling uh the fact that the rounds are so dear in there, uh, myself and a couple of other boys had this genius idea. Why don't we nip next door to an off license, get ourselves a bottle of Buckfast, and just do a two swig pass until it's done? And that's what we did. And let's just say that got the party started. That got us lit early doors, pre dinner, and from then on, uh, you know what's gonna where, where it's gonna go. Got more lit. Got more lit. Correct? Nah. Got pulled aside by the boss, the fiance, and said, "Hey." It's three in the afternoon, you're ten out of ten lit, knock out in the head. And me being the mature adult I am, went, no. I'm going to worse than that. I'm going to keep going and going until I'm a disgrace. But what I ended up doing was getting hung over by the desserts. So by then I was like losing the power to drink. You know whenever you're drinking 
and you can keep going but if you stop and you restart you're just like I can't get re-drunk again I'm hungover and I just feel shit I got like that by the end of dinner and I was like I just feel so stuffed with this delicious food I've had so much of this delicious drink I'm just really an old guy that needs to pass some wind and then I just couldn't, couldn't get back in the wagon again but I had a great time did a bit of dancing did a bit of chatting drank some soda pop towards the end of the night had a really good time got actually onto the roof of the Europa um, if you've ever seen the film 50 Dead Men Walking where uh that character, the main character in that, and his wife or girlfriend, should I say, just have FBS on the roof of the Europa. That's full-blown sex for those that don't know that. But yeah, we went up there as a group of lads. We didn't full-blown sex with each other, sadly, but we got a photo taken and just got to look out across all of Belfast, which was a pretty cool thing. And if any of you have never been on the roof of the Europa, um, you won't know you have to do get out there via the kitchen. And before you get out, you have to sign a waiver I don't know what I actually said at the top of it. I just signed this piece of paper. I assume it means if you do something stupid or something happens to you out there, or you jump, or you get shit on by a seagull or something terrible along those lines, you are basically taking responsibility for it yourself so that the Europa can't get sued or any of that. So we got up there, and it was a really good time. But come today, feeling... Yeah, feeling alright. The hangover's hit me as the day's gone on a bit and now I'm pretty tired, but um yeah, it was a good time. And probably uh on that point, you're probably asking, yo man, why is it you put up on a Friday that you're gonna do the podcast and ask for questions, yet quite a lot of the time you record it late on a Sunday? I'll tell you why. Because man, I'm a busy guy. I'm up here, down there, around there and about the place. I'm always doing things. In an ideal world, I'd record my podcast on a Friday. But then this week, with the wedding being on Saturday, a few of the boys went out for last minute pints on Friday. So the big man's like, I'm not missing one of my best mates' uh, pints for before his big day. So I headed on out there, had to can the podcast. Um, but I'll always, I'll always make time to do it and I'll always be doing it. But in this particular time, that's why I put the questions out. So um, I would encourage everyone, if they see the call for questions, if they see that Batman symbol go out, they see the weird W up in the sky, respond to it. You know, get the question in, get them early, and I'll definitely read them out. Because sometimes, if I do it on a Friday and you don't send me any questions, ain't got no questions for the podcast, ain't got no questions, ain't got no fans. And then that leads basically to being a shitter podcast, really, doesn't it? So, yeah, that's where we're at. But at the minute, um, I'm in the garage of doing the podcast and I'm feeling very warm very very warm the heat is back you pleased to know there was a wee uh, brief interlude to the heat whereby the hosepipe ban got lifted and uh, I made a quick video if any of you have seen it thanks for watching and sharing or whatever if you haven't go check it out on my Facebook page Dave Elliot Comedy um, it's just a quick sketch I did um, I'm trying to put out a bit more content these days I'm trying to actively do a few more sketches um i'm working on a character idea at the minute i remember two weeks ago i was like yo i don't want to do any characters i've come up with a character i'm going to do a sketch whether it's a one-off thing whether it's something that'll return who knows but that'll be uh, hopefully out in the next wee while and i suppose the main chat of this week's podcast the bulk if you will um will be about my big show that i did my show dad which I did at the Accidental Theatre on the 18th of July. Um, firstly, I just want to say thanks to anybody that came to it. Uh, I love doing stand-up. It's fucking amazing. It's so much fun to do. It's what I want to do. 
it's my favourite art form, if you will. Like, I know you, a lot of the guys that listen to the podcast know, hey, he, da- he dabbles in real art, he dabbles in painting, he dabbles in sketching, he sketches, he does comedy sketches, he does artwork sketches. He likes to do the oh, wee bit of acting in a video here and there, he does other wee bits and bobs, but hey, bread and butter, what I love doing is stand-up. That's what I want to be doing, and yeah, I just really find, find to be honest, not find, find the promoting of a gig to be the least fun part of stand-up like if i could just do a show i'd love to get the level where i could just say i'm doing a show and i'm guaranteed it's full that would be ideal for me because then i could just focus on the content making the show as good as possible go out there so this time around i plugged the show quite a bit um i had even done the competition with a shirt um and the winner i've been in touch with on social media so the t-shirts will be coming out to you good sir um Oddly enough, asked me not to name who it was on the podcast because he doesn't want any hassle, which is weird because I don't think you get any hassle. But yeah, there's a couple of t-shirts coming out your way. And also for those of you who wanted the t-shirts, the Physique Guy t-shirts will be on the offing soon. So keep an eye out for them. And there'll be some more Boytown uh, merchandise coming out as well. So yeah, I just want to say that the show went, in my opinion, really well. It was being recorded and a lot of the feedback that I've got for it's been very positive. People have all said they enjoyed the show. Um, very rare you do a show and everyone says they enjoy it, and so far, touch wood, that's been the case with this. So um, I don't want to get too buzzed, buzzed off my own, uh, my own show or my own, I suppose, achievement, I guess, but... I'll watch the footage back and I'll see what what I could have done better or what I could work on and, and then I'll finalise that show and, and possibly do it again. Like ideally, um, if I wasn't the father of a young kid, I would probably try and take the show to Edinburgh to the Fringe Festival and work on it every day for the month. But, you know, at the end of the day, getting to go to Edinburgh, do shows, um, that sort of thing kind of takes a back seat whenever you've got more important priorities such as a kid. So if I can just do shows here in, in Belfast or about about Northern Ireland, I would be be happy enough for that, you know. And I'm hoping maybe to do that again in maybe Dublin or or London or somewhere like that. So if there's a demand, if you just want to see the show, get in touch and be like, yo man, we could bring a squad. We'll get you a show together. You, you come here and put on a show and we'll come and watch. If you build it, they'll come. So that's what I hope to be doing on that. But no, I was very happy with the show and really just want to say thanks to any listeners of the podcast that took the time out to come and see it. Um, if you've enjoyed it, you know, tell people about it. Check, keep an eye out for my shows and, and come see me again. I'd really appreciate it. The more of a following I can get, the more likely it will be for me to just say, hey, I'm doing a show and people will be there without having to worry about plugging it and stuff because that's, that's the least fun part of running the show. So yeah, thanks for that. I thought it went really well. I'm looking forward to seeing the footage. Major shout out to michaelfoster.tv and Video Wizard for recording the podcast. Check their channels out on all social media and um, hopefully there'll be some more stuff in the next while. I've recorded some of the sets to put out on social media and across my pages and in the, the R show. I'm hopefully going to do uh, as a special almost and, and be able to use some other time. So, you know, that's the that's the plan. 
Um, but other than that, you know, that's really what I've got up to. I've, I've kind of been chilling a bit and not really been too productive since the show, to be honest. You know, I find when you put so much effort into doing a big gig or doing something that means a lot to you, when you're done, you're kind of like deflated a bit afterwards. You're just like exhausted. And I found I got myself a bit sick over the few days that followed up the show. I kind of like just was totally drained, busted and could have done with a night's, a full night's sleep. But um, ended up obviously back to the day job. Holly just getting up at all hours and just wasn't to be. So I felt a bit under the weather. But now I'm kind of on the mend after doing a bit of socialising, a bit of chilling today. I'm now ready to get back into being a serious physique guy again. I weighed myself there this morning and I put on a couple of pounds just from my big major cuts. So I'm back now from Monday on a four-week intense diet and training program until my stag do. Yeah, you heard that right. I'm going on stag do in four weeks. And hey, I'm going to shit myself a little bit. Hey, do you reckon I'm going to be embarrassed? For sure. But my stag do is in four weeks. I'm getting married in like 14 weeks. So if I want to get into some serious shape, I need to start now. I need to grind hard for the next four weeks. Will I be drinking alcohol during these four weeks? Probably, because, hey, I've got a problem. But um, I'm going to try to be as good as I can. And I know next weekend I'm going to be watching a lot of boxing, so I'll probably be a bottle of red wine for that because that's just what I like to do it's how I like to chill watch boxing drink red wine suck a dick that's how I live my life like a gangster do you know and uh, other than that I'm going to try to just be really good I'm going to have to try and get up super early on Sunday get a load of water into me and just flip and hit the gym do, do an hour of cardio and cry and stuff maybe download a few podcasts myself to listen to and just like slog it out get through out the other side you know but yeah, just sort of find you need to find a balance, really, don't you guys? You need to find that balance between having a great time, enjoying your life, and also getting to the gym and being fit. Because when you get older and you get to my age, the ripe old age of thirty-one, you can't you can't just recover as quickly. You can't uh, cope as well. You need to just find out rather than just beating your balls to the wall flat out for a short length of time you need to make it sustainable so this diet I'm going to be going on is not just going to be cutting everything out it's going to be sort of eating like less but also enough to fill me and make me feel good maybe have carbs once a week but other than that it'll be pretty it'll be pretty much a, a strict fats and protein diet like a caveman I don't look like a caveman, but I want to look really like one with the physique of a caveman. Um, that's going to be a struggle because I've been so flipping injured as well the last wee while. Like my, both my arms are wrecked, my knees are now wrecked from training and started running last week. Again, it's just been really rough. So um, be trying to get back on that again and just get healthy because I definitely feel like in the last maybe week or so in the run up to my show and then afterwards when I had a bit of a blowout. I feel more lethargic when I'm not being good. I feel like I'm eating, I'm putting worse stuff into my body and my body's not working as well. It's like putting like crude oil into your car engine and you just need that clean, fresh petrol. Do you know? So I'm looking forward to getting a bit of a, a bit of a, a blowout and a bit of a health cleanse in the next week. And 
just really getting back on the on the saddle of, of that physique guy life again because I know a lot of you, the listeners want to know tips and stuff and want to know where I'm at so I feel like I've let you down the last couple of weeks but hey the physique guy will never die he's still here might die if I keep eating shit and my heart's get get, get all uh, all clogged and get, get the cholesterol in there get all kinds of shit going on but hey hopefully I'll not happen hopefully I'll not die I'll keep living I'll just be be ripped to the dick I know I probably won't be but I'm going to try see after that wedding there and I was wearing a suit and I didn't feel that comfortable in it Nah, I need to get myself good and lean. So as I love wearing a suit, so I'm like Conor McGregor. I've got swag. I feel great. I wouldn't wear a Conor McGregor suit because that'd be so uh, unsuited to my my build and look to have a fancy light check suit with sunglasses. I just don't think it worked for my style. So, you know, I think that perfectly segues into my next story. Um, guys, buckle in the seatbelts because, hey, there's been a warning that soon great white sharks will be in British slash Irish waters. Whoa, what? Yeah, man, true. Experts are predicting that it could only be a matter of years until we see great white sharks prowling around the coastal waters of Great Britain and Ireland. As the seas around us warm up, more and more creatures that wouldn't usually venture so far north could be attracted to our waters by the new, more inviting climate. Sharks might be particularly interested in the fact that the waters surrounding the UK are, do you want to guess? Yeah, you got it, full to the brim of creatures that they find absolutely delicious. Great whites are found found in most of the world's oceans, They've been spotted in the Mediterranean, Pacific, the Atlantic and the Indian Oceans. In fact, there have been claims that they have already been here. One was reported off the shores of Portsmouth, although these claims have yet to be verified. Either way, experts reckon that within 30, 30 years... That's bullshit. Within 30 years, there'll be more and more of them in our waters. So basically, this bullshit's been saying, hey, there's going to be great white sharks in our waters. But what they didn't follow, I've seen 30 years. That's basically twice the time I've been alive. In 30 years, I'll be 61. I'll be an old motherfucker. I ain't going to be near no water at 61 years old. You're not going to see me wearing Speedos in the sea at 61. I don't care. Let the sharks come to water. Let the place heat up. Fuck that. In 30 years, I thought it was going to be like, like literally in six months. Jaws will be in Belfast Lock. In six months, Jaws will be at Helen's Bay. He'll be at Crawfordsburn. He'll be at Port Rush. You'll just be up there at the Remore. You'll be in eating your prawns. Next, Jaws is we mates, is we shrimp mates that he lives in the sea with. You're just eating them. Next thing you know, dip your toe in the water. Wham! Jaws gets his revenge for his little shrimpy pals. And that's what I thought it was. But 30 years, now the remote will be shut in 30 years. You don't need to worry about that. You'll be just up there doing whatever you like and Jaws won't know about it. But it's a scary thought. Do you know what I mean? Like it is mad to think that due to global warming, the entire setup of the world is going to change. Now, there may be some haters out there that say global warming's fake. Yeah, I know Donald Trump listens to the podcast. Donald, don't be too offended. Donald, don't be too offended. I don't believe, I don't believe the grey white sharks in the water. I don't believe in global warming. I don't. It's not fantastic. It's not good. But 
it's scary to think that that's what's happening because you think if global warming the seas are getting hotter sharks are coming to these parts of the world how's it affecting other things what about greenhouse gases what about tectonic plate movement do you ever think about that what happens if the change in the tides and the heats of the water affect the plates of the earth they start rubbing together motherfucking volcanoes popping up everywhere next thing you know you'll be minding your business You'd just be going about life. You'd be, for some reason, I don't know why, in Limavati, bam, a volcano appears, blows up in the middle of Limavati. That's what, what global warming can do, apparently, I guess. I know about as much about global warming as Trump does, so I'll just go the opposite way. I'll say rather than it doesn't exist, it exists and things happen worse. Like, if it gets too warm, it gets too hot, apparently the gates of hell will open and demons will fly into the world that we live in so it's a dangerous thing to think about so what i'm saying to you guys is you know just stop damaging the ozone layer man stop causing global warming stop putting out dangerous fumes into the air women stop using hairspray your hair is beautiful as it is it's beautiful being flat as a pancake down across your face you don't need you don't need volume baby you know you don't need that volume you can just have a nice sleek straight goth like hair you can just look like a little goth witch you don't need to look like a sexy, voluptuous, dolly parton motherfucker. You need to look like a sassy goth witch. Do you know what I mean? Just just get your hair down. Get a flat. Guys, let your pit smell. Let the BO, let the natural odour pour home. Just percolate into the air from your pits. You Don't be taking any sure. Don't be taking any L'Oreal for men. Just, just lift up the pits and let the bobo out. Do you know what I mean? Bobo the clown, let him out. Just let the smell everywhere. Stop damaging the ozone there, otherwise there's going to be volcanoes in Dungannon. There's going to be bloody tsunamis. There's going to be tsunamis in Loch Urn. It's a lock. It's not oceans. Does it have waves? No, but there'll be tsunamis because that's what will happen when there's a change in the Earth's temperature and global warming takes over. It's mad. It's just uh, a scary, weird thought. But do you know new? But anyway, back to the sharks. Sorry, guys. I know you want to hear more facts about that. Um, it's not just the great whites that could be moving north in the future either. Nah, there also could be hammerheads, black tips, and tiger sharks. That's major. But before we get to that, there are already forty types of sharks in our waters. Whoa! In fact, since the year nineteen hundred. There have been 38 shark attacks in British waters. That's second only to Italy, with 50 in Europe. Whoa. The best defence against a shark attack? Is it to stop the world being warmer? Nah. Punch in its eye or its nose. A shark is kind of like a dude, in many respects. The best way to stop a dude trying to attack you, punch him in his schnoz in his eye, bam, bam. See you later, Sam. Get out of my grill. Pop one of those into your flipping water with your aspirin. Suck on that. And deal with it. Yeah. Scary, man. Sharks. And like 38, to be fair, 38 shark attacks in British waters since 1900 is not actually all that big a deal. Really, like, I'm sure in terms of actual percentages, like, that's not that big a deal. Because we're in the year 2018 right now, and the year 1900 is basically like 118 years ago or some shit like that. So, if you're, why do you work that out? If you, 
divide 118 by 38. I think, is that, is that right? Yeah, it's like 0.02 shark attacks a year, which is not a lot. So basically what this whole story is a load of shit. Basically what I want to say is, hey man, do whatever you want. Women, have big bouffant hairs. Don't be silly little goth witches and guys. Definitely don't smell like B.O. The worst thing is, like, see if you see a guy and smell like B.O. Instantly, you don't want to get fucking with him. Do you know what I'm saying? You don't want guys that stink of shit. You want guys to smell fresh. Ideally of, like, some sort of fragrance from the catwalks of Paris. Do you know what I mean? That's what exactly you want. Not that the, the smell like pure shit. Yeah, guys. Fuck shark attacks. Fuck global warming. Just get on with things. You know, if you just want to... Do what you want to do. Yeah, do it. Just live a free life. Who am I to judge? You know, who am I to tell you how to live your life? Shit. I know. And no one's been in touch with me since last week about Love Island, by the way. I said, yo, guys, I came out of the closet. I said, I'm a Love Island watcher. And I said, look, get in touch with me. Give me some Love Island advice. Give me some insider tips. Give me some chat about Love Island. Not one of you goddamn sons of bitches got in touch with me about Love Island. Hate it. And because you didn't get in touch with me about Love Island, you know what I'm going to do? What's that, David? I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to go straight into... I'm going to go straight into my podcast questions. This week, the listeners' questions. Um, This week, first question is from Matty Carlton. Carl Tonioni himself has... A, you know what? He's, he's come in, he said, not a question... But I just wanted to say, great show on Wednesday night. Couple of clapping hands emojis. Carl Tonioni, can I say to you, um, thanks very much for coming and thanks very much for, for messaging me. Um, the the man himself is a well-known podcast listener, friend of the show, fan, question asker. So I, I really appreciate the fact that you, uh, you've just given up on asking a question this week just to take time out to say it i really appreciate that um unfortunately after the show i went in and had to tie up a few loose ends with the guys that were recording get myself ready and by the time i came out at the end of the show a lot of guys were away so if any of you guys wanted to have a chat or whatever apologies um next time i'm doing a show i'll uh i'll get a chat with you then just if you want to hang about that's that's cool um i noticed you were there maddie with a girl um if that was a date let me know how that went. If it wasn't a date, yeah, no sweat. Don't worry about it, man. Don't scunder you on the podcast. Um, but it looked like you were having a pretty good time, whatever was going on. And that's uh, obviously a good sign for me because if you're enjoying your night out watching my show, it must mean I'm doing something right. So I appreciate that. Um, let me see. Um, Gareth Owens has said, I have a story. Went to see this comedian on Wednesday night and he was brilliant. Can't remember his name, but he was a hot dude. He's going to go far that far, that boy. My question, however, is did the video turn out of the GoPro that was pointed up your shock? Gareth, you cheeky little scamp. What uh, Gareth must mean is, unless he went to see another comedian on Wednesday because I know Lavery's Comedy Club was on, um, was he must have been at my show. And thanks again, Gareth, for coming. Um, and thank you for your kind words too. 
the GoPro, for those of you who don't know, there's a there's a GoPro camera on the stage right behind me, and um, and it was fully pointed up my ass. I don't know what the guys were doing that were filming, why they wanted to have some sort of sexy view up my tootie pop. I don't know. Maybe they uh, they they wanted that for their own private benefit. It wasn't certainly something that I had requested. Although now moving forward, maybe I I need a, a personal ass cam. For all my shows, maybe I need it's like player cam used to be in the Premier League where they just focused on one player for the entire game. Maybe I need ass cam, so just through my set, it'll just focus solely on my ass. I believe I've got powerful glutes to be fair. My fiance would argue and say I'm a flat pancake ass with nothing there. But um I believe I've got something there. You know what I mean? I believe a good quality ass. I'm gonna show her because by the wedding I'm gonna be squatting, I'm gonna be lunging, I'm gonna be adding meat onto that glute game. I'm gonna be all about that glute life. And hopefully there's enough on that camera to show. But unfortunately, Gareth, I haven't seen the footage back yet and I definitely hit it with a real neat back heel and sent it into obliteration and possibly damaged the camera, which would be pretty awkward for me because I'll have to there then deal with the uh deal with the cost of replacing that camera which hey it's definitely awkward for me um chris henning has said all right dave how have you been um yeah i've been pretty good chris cheers i know i've probably answered that question in the preceding like half an hour or whatever in this podcast but um any tips on how to deal with a baby in a traffic jam man that's a weird question um there's two ways you could look at it either you're saying to me hey you've got a baby in a car with you and you're stuck in a traffic jam and it's difficult otherwise there's a baby causing the traffic jam like there could be a baby in the road and the cars have either a hit it or just stopped at it and it's caused traffic jam or c there could be a baby driving another car which yeah i know that's difficult to fathom but who knows what can go on these days babies are very advanced nowadays and if you watch Sasha Baron Cohen's show I think it was uh, America or something to do with America anyway I can't remember exactly you'd legit politicians in America genuinely saying on TV that they should arm children with guns so if they believe they can arm children with guns in nursery schools um, you could believe you could fathom kids who drive cars but um, yeah well, how would I well, how would I deal with it? If a kid was driving a car, I would phone the police and be like, yo man, there's this kid driving a car about the streets. It's a bit fucked up. Um, I know you have to be like 16 to get a driving license and that's even a provisional. I don't know if this like six month old baby can drive. Weird. Can you come out and sort it? If there was a baby in the road during a parking jam, during a traffic jam, sorry, I would park the car up. I'd get out, I'd go and check what the baby's all about. What's he up to? What's she up to? I would probably lift the baby because being a baby they'll be small and then I'll probably nurture the baby until some form of emergency services came to take the baby and then locate the owner of this baby. Um, that's what I'd do in that circumstance. If it was my own baby in the car during a traffic jam and it was hard work, which, um, hey, I know, I know it can be, I'd probably lose my mind a bit because it's not fun. See when you're in a car with a baby and it's crying. Man, that is, that is shit. You know, that is not... An ideal situation I found recently that my baby she gets when she gets tired rather than just being like, Yo, I'm tired, going for some shot eye here, seeing about that, she likes to just go ah! 
that was my my attempt at her screaming, except it's louder, it's more high-pitched, it's more hyperventilating, it's awful. So my tip, what I usually do with her in that circumstance, is uh, I'd like usually have a hat or something nearby, like a woolen hat, I just shove it in her mouth, make shut the fuck up, bitch. Dad's trying to concentrate on the road, and you're doing my head in while you're screaming. I'm only joking, that's child abuse. What I would do is just put her dummy in and use my arm my left arm to reach back and hold the dummy in her mouth till she shuts up and gets like in the bit of a rhythm of sucking the dummy and closing her eyes to go to sleep other than that I would just try to do that and change gears which if I'm in the car by myself nightmare if I'm there with like a friend or if I'm there with my fiance or something they can just take the, the gear stick and I'll just reach back and keep the dummy in but that's my advice just make sure the dummy stays in um, give your kid a toy or something like a flipping I know kids play with these days like staplers or whatever give them one of them keep them entertained and just try to focus on the road because if you if you let a child screaming get into your head, there's no coming back. There's nothing worse than hearing a kid screaming. It does your head in. Like you could, like I can understand people with lesser patience levels to me losing their mind with a kid. Like I can see people having mental breakdowns as fucking grim and dark as it is to say. I can see why in some cases people are abusive to children. I'm not saying it's right. I think it's for totally disgusting and, and, and wrong. But for people who don't have like compassion or the literal function and brain of knowing that it, what, when a kid's crying, it's not doing it because it wants to. It's doing it because there's something wrong. And just treat it as an annoying noise. Yeah, it could lose the plot. Like, see, some of these people you see that like hit kids and stuff. Yeah, it's absolutely horrendous. Like there was a guy recently there in the news who, who like killed his stepson or something. Just lost the the plot with him and and punched him repeatedly until and then the kid ended up dying because of it. Like that's totally disgraceful. But you know if you aren't, or if you aren't of a stable mind to look after kids, that's a risk. You know what I mean? And that's like there's been times I remember whenever Holly was really young and struggling with her, her reflux issues that I actually had to leave the room because I was getting so frustrated with her screaming. It was just upset me because mainly because I knew she was upset and I didn't know how or why or what to do to stop her from crying. And that makes you sad as a parent. Like you see your kid crying and screaming and then that makes you sad for them. Then also the noise of the screaming is annoying as well. So you've, you're upset, you're stressed, you're annoyed. You know, if you're not a, a stable person, or you, you know, you could, you could do stupid things. And it's flipping, you know, it's scary. Like, and in a traffic jam, like I know when Holly starts screaming in the car, it stresses you out because then you're trying to deal with the baby. And at the same time, you're trying to drive a car. So, yeah, it's just, it's nuts. And like I would say to parents too, like... um. My bit of advice would be, as a first-time parent, not not really a two... I wouldn't say I'm an expert parent. I've only been one for, like, seven months. My advice would be, you know, do not paint a false picture to people that you care about. Do you know? If you're feeling that it's tough, admit it. You know, say to your partner, hey, I'm struggling here. Say to your family, I could do the hand. Um, you know, seek help to try and deal with problems. Because whenever we had... We had Holly um, struggling with the, the reflux. We didn't want to give her medicine because we thought that, you know, the doctor said, look, try to do, try to change her 
or bottle add a bit of like thickener to the milk and that might help rather than like a last resort would be to give her unnecessary medicine so we tried not to do that and and we tried to just give her um i can't remember what's called gaviscon yeah give her gaviscon in the milk to try and help her with a reflux and that ended up making her poos hard and then that hurt her wee tummy and then she was crying about that and it was just like you try to i think as a parent try to make out that everything's all right when you know it's it doesn't have to be you get through it you will you will get through it it's not easy but you always get through it and there's always light at the end of the tunnel you just need to you know not not keep that to yourself like we've had some difficulties with holly no doubt about it there's been times i've thought shit is this the is this the right thing? Was this the right thing we did having this baby? Were we ready to have it? Were we ready to have her? And looking back on it, the answer is yes. It's tough, but hey, you know you're full adult. You've got kids. She's the best thing, um, that's ever happened to me in my life. And you know, it's only whenever you get through the difficult times that you realize that. You know, there's times you think, "Fuck, she ever gonna sleep again? Am I just gonna forever be awake? Is she never gonna stop crying?" But then they will eventually go to sleep. They'll eventually stop crying, and you get the age now where they, you know, their personalities, you know, the way they are. Life just gets sweeter. Just on that note, I just don't want to say that's not directed specifically to you, Chris. I think you've kind of, in asking that question, tapped into to my uh, inner thoughts and and got me flipping thinking like I'm talking to a shrink. Yeah, basically, parenting's tough. But it's the most worthwhile toughness in the world. It's like anything. Guys and girls, this is, we'll end on this uh, deep, thoughtful point this week. Um, everything's more rewarding if you've had the work for it. So, you know, it's like anything. If you're doing your stand-up and you work hard and it comes off and it's a good show, you appreciate it. If you are in the gym, you put the grind in, you uh, eat, eat the way you're told, you train hard you get results, you feel chuffed about it. And if you're a parent and you weather the storm through the difficult times, you will enjoy the good times even more. And yeah, I think that's just a good time to end what's definitely been a a more somber, less funny podcast, but interesting, I guess. Um, It's probably, you know, the first time I've kind of been as open, I, I guess, about stuff. And, uh, always happy to do that, I'm a, go- I'm a gossip bitch, I'm happy to let you guys in the way, you know, how I'm thinking, how things are, and it makes me feel a bit better, so yeah, it's basically that, um, if you haven't already guys, uh, get on SoundCloud, subscribe to the podcast, um, subscribe to the iTunes as well, and listen to my podcast every week, and if you, you can do that and give me a wee five star review on iTunes I'll read it out in the podcast and it'll be greatly appreciated it adds more content because guess what there wasn't a million questions this week so that's why I've been talking for 43 minutes about serious shit behind the candelabra shit I know it's supposed to be behind the, the curtain or the fourth window I like this or the breaking the fourth wall I like to uh, talk about just behind the candelabra because I'm a real cum fabulous guy so yeah guys next week Get on the questions. Give me a load of questions. Any questions you just want. Get in. Get at it. Except shit questions. May I add some people ask the fucking most ridiculous questions. What's your favourite packet of crisps? Uh, what's your favourite? Nah. Give me some good questions. And uh, guys, we'll be back again with hopefully a funnier podcast next week. Um, and yeah, but this is where it is. Sharks are going to be in the waters in 30 years. So keep your eyes peeled. I'll see you next week. Peace.